Hey guys, welcome to episode 134 of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode is going to be called Low, Low, Low Your Boat. Other titles that were under consideration, Abandoned in Ohio. Let's see. <laughs> this went Captains of the Struggle Bus. Two Years, A Health Issue. Engaged in College. Tonsillitis Nine Times. This one had a lot of possibilities. But in the end, I went with Low, Low, Low Your Boat. This episode is with Audra. Audra was diagnosed while she was in college. She has a crazy story um, and an interesting story, too. She got married while she was in college to Brian. Um, it's just really interesting. And the real meat of the episode is we talk about low blood sugars and, and how we take care of them. Uh, that's pretty much it. Anyway, this episode of the Juice Box Podcast is brought to you today by Dexcom. Please go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to find out more. It's also brought to you by Omnipod. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. And we're going to have a message for Animus users later in the show. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before being bold with insulin. My name's Audra. I'm 24. And I was diagnosed with T1 when I was 20, so this is my fourth year. Yeah, so four, so four years puts you 2013-ish? Um, yes, okay. mm-hmm. May so, of 2013. And so that's pretty much right in the middle of, you know, you know, technology that's starting to kind of kick butt a little bit. So yeah. did you start with a, did you get a Dexcom early on? You have one. No, I didn't. I actually just got my Dexcom, let's see, probably six or seven months ago. Okay. okay. So the first, um, like, eight months of my diagnosis, I was just on um, MDIs, just doing the shots. Um, and then I found an endo, kind of like a random endo that I saw literally one time mm-hmm. that just wanted to help me get a pump. <laughs> and I, like, traveled like four hours away just to see this endo to write me a script for a pump. And so I got on a pump that way, kind of unconventional. Is that how they do it um, in Alabama? I guess you so. You have to drive Actually, four I was in Ohio at oh, the time. Ohio, my gosh. So I guess, yeah, I, went, I grew up in Ohio and okay. I went to college in Ohio. And okay. now I moved to Alabama two years ago. Okay. So, well, yeah. Let me say this before we get going too fast. Every time you talk, I get... Um, uh, there's there's like interference. So your voice is crystal clear, but there's interference laying over top of it. So are you using any kind of a, like an audio device for like, is your microphone going into an audio device? Or are you just, are you just going through your computer? Is your, cell- I'm just going through my phone. Oh, you're on your cell. You are like on a cell phone. Yes. Gotcha. Um, Hmm. Should I do it no, no, on no. my computer? No, you shouldn't do anything. There's no rules, Audra. <laughs> I just, I, your voice is so crystal clear, but every time you talk, there's this like, like that kind of comes behind you. And so I was hoping to get, I, I was going to say maybe you could get away from, sometimes people talk next to their tel, their cell phones on their computer. 
and the cell phone makes this weird, but it doesn't do that when you're using the cell phone. So that's weird. I have the fan on in the room. Should I cut that off? Oh, oh, try that. Is that what it is? Maybe, okay. maybe when you start talking, your your mic starts picking up sound, and I'm hearing the fan. It's so funny how it all works. Okay, let's see if that helps. Eh, it's still there. I don't want you to die from the heat. And so, can you imagine if we're talking and I'm just like, Audra, hello, hello? And then <laughs> and I'm you, like, mm, you get like a little here. weird, then all of a sudden you hear this in the background. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> she shut the fan off and now look what's happening. Um, oh, God. No, I, I think it's going to be fine like this. We'll just, I'll, I'll see if I Are can. Are you sure? No, listen, sure. I'm not sure of anything. I've been alive for 45 years and last night my children asked me a question about school and I was like, please. Don't ask me these questions. Oh, my gosh. That's what I'm most nervous about whenever I have kids. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Leave me alone. I cheated my way through the entirety of my schooling career, um, which isn't even true. I didn't even try hard enough. Like, cheating would have been too much effort. I, I, I'd have been like, cheating? Uh, no, that sounds like a lot of effort. I'm not doing that. So, okay. You, um, so you're diagnosed, I'm sorry, we're pretty far off the beaten path at this point. But, no, you're fine. But, but so you're diagnosed when you're 20. While you're at college, I'm assuming. Yes. Well, actually, I had just had finals week, and um, I was in Ohio. My family was in Alabama, so my mom came up to like pick me up and bring me down to Alabama for. I think it was. I was only going to be there for like a week because I was going to take summer classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just going to come home for a week and just have like a fun, relaxing week at home with my family. <laughs> How'd that go? And, yeah, <laughs> that did not happen as planned. Um, but I'm glad I was with my mom uh, when that happened. But, um, yeah, so she drove me down to Alabama. I, like, we went shopping one day, and I remember this part really vividly because mm-hmm. I, I felt like I didn't feel too bad. Like, I don't know. I I guess it was just because that was my normal then. So I didn't realize that I felt sick until I started on insulin later and realized, Oh, this is what normal feels like. (laughs) How long do you think that that process was happening where you were? Oh gosh, two years. I, I know that I know exactly when it all started happening because, um, my like second year or not second year, second week of college, I got really sick just like with a virus. And ever since then, I had like the weirdest health stuff happening. Like it'd be one thing after another every few months and it would be like a different part of my body just like going wacko. Like Hmm. (laughs) it was super weird. Like I had like just random eye infections and they would be like, it's not pink eye. It's not this. It's not that. We don't know what it is. It's just annoying. So Mm -hmm. take these drops. And then that goes away. Celiac, yeah. It, right. I got tonsillitis like nine times in three months, so they took out my tonsils. That's and gotta then be a world record. Other stuff started happening. It was just so weird. Like, and when you like over the course of the two years, when I would be just like dealing with one thing after another, it was yeah. kind of just like, what's going on? Like, I guess I just have bad luck. <laughs> um, it didn't like none of it seemed connected. So, and had you had any kind of like health stuff like that as a younger person? No. no. I mean, I would get, like, sinus infections every now and then. But, like, I really was healthy my whole childhood. Did your parents and have... So that's why it was weird. Did your parents have, like, theories? Like, was it, oh, she's away at school, there's stress? Or uh, did you feel a lot of stress while you were away at school? I did. But 
you know, I was a music major. I was trying to graduate early. I got engaged. So I was planning a wedding and I was just like, you know, I thought it was just like, maybe I'm not sleeping enough. And so my body's just acting weird. You got <laughs> engaged. All right, listen, we're, we're never going to talk about diabetes if you keep saying stuff like this. So you got engaged <laughs> while you were at college? I did. I'm wow. still married to him. <laughs> and got, I still like him. You still like um, him. Well, that, listen, let's not get crazy. It's only been four years. But, uh, but, <laughs> but, 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 wow, how does that happen? Like, you, like, that's, I'm fascinated by that. Like, because I got married early too. And, but I wasn't in college when I did it. And so, like, I just, kind of crazy. Yeah. What, <laughs> did he do something really special or were you. <laughs> Were you, were well, you, part were you, of it was like how well he treated me while I was sick because we started dating like January of 2011 mm-hmm. and I started, my body just started going crazy August of 2011. Okay. And so like through that whole process, like he just took really good care of me. And I don't know, I feel like that kind of ex- expedited things in our relationship a little bit because it showed me and my family that like, oh, he's husband material. Is like, there any he, chance this is a Munchausen's by proxy situation? Was he making you sick, do you think, to take care of you? Is there any chance I, of them? Was he like, this girl's... I really hope not. Yeah. And I doubt that. <laughs> be like, he'd be like, I didn't think I was going to find a girl this hot. I'm just going to... Uh, <laughs> I keep her sick, so she needs me. And she needs I'll be, me, right? I'll be the guy that brings like M and M's and things like that, and then because that was my vibe, like I would just bring cookies, and then That's you know so Kelly would be like, "I don't like you." I'd be like, "There's cookies," and she's like, "You're not that." But bad. look, I have things. Yeah, <laughs> there's chocolate um, and cookies. He's two years older than me too, so that helped. He was like getting ready to graduate college when I, I was like in the middle of college, so it just kind of if we were the same age, it probably wouldn't have happened till later, but. I guess when you know, you know. I guess so. I never thought I would get married young, that's for sure. I was, I like growing up was even like, maybe I'll never get married and I'll just kind of, you know. Yeah, no, sure. Well, do my own thing. And plus, after the tonsillitis nine times, you got to figure no one's looking for you, probably. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me a little bit about yourself. I get tonsillitis every six weeks. Right, all the time. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so, okay, so th- that that's congratulations. That's amazing. And, oh, thanks. And didn't he did he bring you to Alabama, or did something that worked out for you? My family um, was moved down here right before I left for college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to school in Ohio to stay in state, and then they all left me. Oh my God! <laughs> so you're you're like your mom and dad and any siblings you may have they moved away from you while you were at college. Yeah. They went from being like two hours away to being 10 hours away. Did you take that personally by any chance? No. No. It was not their fault. Yeah, it was my dad's job. If it wasn't a job thing, I probably would have taken it personally. (laughs) You were just like, (laughs) Like, okay, thanks, guys. We've always wanted to live in the South, Audra. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Brian um, grew up in Georgia, so he always was kind of like chomping at the bit to move down south, just somewhere down south. And then my family's super close, and I wanted to live closer to them. And every time I came down and visited them, I just like loved the area. And so... What One is really bad winter in Ohio. One We're really like, bad. we have got to move. <laughs> so we did. I, I say to my wife sometimes, I'm like, why do we live here? There are warm, yeah. there are warm places in the country. There's houses there. Other people live there fine. Um, and now I'm looking so outside, fun. I believe I have permafrost in my backyard at this point. And it's you know, there were these beautiful little flowers coming up for spring, and now you know they're dead under the 
under the oh, snow. Oh man! Yeah, I'm like, what am I gonna do? Replant them? I don't have time for that, Audrey. I know so, all my Ohio friends are like, "Oh, it's so cold." I'm like, you know, you can move, right? <laughs> like nobody's like chaining you. Right. It's not like it's not like you just got off the Mayflower and it would take like six months for you to get where you're going. You could just make the decision and be there in like six hours. So exactly. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, okay, so you are diagnosed when you're 20. You're in college. This this lovely man, Brian, is uh, um, he's very helpful at the lead up to the diagnosis and then into the diagnosis as well. He's still there. Everything's good. Um, you left with an insulin pump, did you say, from the hospital or not even injection? Not from the hospital. Mm-hmm. I got the insulin pump about eight months later from um From when my you went diagnosis. to the whole doctor's thing. I'm sorry. We started yeah. talking about no, the, you're fine. your college wedding, and I was just like, oh, my God, which, by the way, <laughs> Might be the title of this episode, College Wedding, but I'm not sure. Oh, gosh. And so, um, <laughs> Man, it was a lot of fun, I'll tell you that. I would imagine, right? Because you <laughs> invited like a bunch of like early 20s like college students to your, like, right? Oh, yes. Probably more like oh, yeah. a keg I was than in a, a college a cappella group, and my a cappella group performed at the reception, and there was like all of a sudden, like, all the guys disappeared, and we're like, where's where's all the men? Where'd they go? And I go out on the patio and they're all like, literally all of them left the reception to go smoke cigars. And we're all just like hanging out. It was so much fun. Yeah. Now <laughs> the episode is going to be called Acapello Audra. So you ruined the other <laughs> title, oh. uh, but, 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 oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm sorry. I'm never going to get past that. Let's talk about Omnipod for a second, shall we? Okay. So you want an insulin pump, but you don't want all the tubing. You don't want all the hassle that comes with that tubing. Obviously, you want an Omnipod. But how can you be sure? Well, you go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, and Omnipod would be happy to send you out a demo pod that you can try on for yourself. Check it out. See what you think. Then if you want to keep moving forward, just tell them, hey, I like this. Let's make this happen. It's pretty much that easy. Now, if you happen to be an Animus user right now, again, Much respect that you love your insulin pump and it has now gone away and you were sad. I understand that. But if you want to give the Omnipod a try in the wake of this disaster of Animus going out of business, them abandoning you, you're in luck because Omnipod has a welcome program for Animus users. They're offering you a free PDM and a free box of pods. Now, I have a link in the show notes you can go to. It says Animus Welcome Program. Just click on that and you get going. Or you can call 1-888-6-GET-POD. And when you get on the phone, just say to them, hey, I was listening to the Juice Box podcast, and I heard you guys have a welcome program for me. I have been abandoned by Animus. Now, here's an extra bonus, something that Dexcom and Omnipod just announced the other day. If Animus users take advantage of the Omnipod welcome program, they also have the opportunity to fill out a patient survey for Dexcom, which will give them a $200 gift card that they can put towards a new G5 Dexcom. That's pretty cool. I'm going to put a link to that uh, press release in the show notes, too, so you can see the actual details of it. But that's great. So you can try out an Omnipod if you're just thinking about it. If you're an Animus user and you want to switch, you can switch, get free stuff, and more free stuff. Free. Free's the best. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box or all the links in your show notes. You leave with injections and, you know, a meter and you're on your way. Did you feel prepared leaving the hospital or because it's a weird time right like you're sort of like I don't because you're still 24 I don't want you to take this the wrong way but at 20 you're like a pseudo adult and Mm -hmm. and, you know right right and so 
you're still looking for your parents for things like that. Had they abandoned you yet? Or were they still in Ohio when this happened? <laughs> they had abandoned me. So they you had already been Alabama. abandoned by your family. And, and exactly. did someone come up to help you or did you just like... So I was diagnosed when I was down visiting them. Um, I like I noticed one day when my mom and I went shopping that I couldn't read any of the signs on the interstate. And I was like... My prescription, like, because I've always had bad eyes, but I'm like, my prescription never changes this fast. And I was like, that's weird. I don't know. But somehow my mom and I got to talking about, like, the weird things that have been happening to me. And I have no idea what caused me to say this. But I just go, are these the symptoms of diabetes? Because my um, paternal grandpa had T1 and one of my cousins has T1. And so as soon as I said that, I saw it on her face. Like, she knew. And we did like a home A1C test and then immediately went to the ER because it was 9.6. Wow. And they didn't even admit me. They wanted to, but I had a, a plane to catch like the next day to go back home. And I was like, I don't want this to disrupt my life. I just want to go right back into my routine and like just make this fit and not have to like, I don't know. I felt like if I took a bunch of time off or if I just stayed in Alabama for a little longer that I would just like never bounce back. So I was like, just so hell bent on getting home. Did you feel like you might sort of revert into a younger person and just stay stay with your parents? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, they're like, okay, fine. We'll release you, but you need to come back here tomorrow before you go to the airport. And then we need to confirm with a doctor in Ohio that you're going to see them like as soon as you get home. And I was like, okay. But then I was in like a small town in Ohio and it was just a primary care physician that I got into seeing because the endos that I had been recommended to see had like a three month long waiting period where you could get an appointment. So I always joke that Google was pretty much my doctor the first year that I was diagnosed because it took a while to find a good endo. It took a while to get into an endo. And then the doctor that I saw in the beginning just didn't really know what she was doing as far as like knowing the difference between T1 and T2. And so that was always frustrating. It was just crazy. Seriously, a lot of it was my fault though. So a lot, Okay. How was it your fault? I should have just stayed in the hospital. Initially in Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's a fault situation, but I, I, you know, once you, when you get home and you find a bunch of people who don't know what they're talking about, but they've got like white coats and stethoscopes and things like that. Like it's hard to say it's your fault, you, you know. So right, you know. I, so I wouldn't think that. And all of a sudden, by the way, Audrey, let's take a moment while we bolus for Arden for lunch. So oh, good idea. Yeah. So it's eleven eighteen. Um, she's asking me if I can pick somebody up and take them to a party tonight. Now she's telling me <laughs> her blood sugar is. Oh, it's lower than I want it to be. Uh, are you in gym or art? You would think I'd know these things, but my brain doesn't really work that way. So, um, <laughs> believe it or not, where she's at is going to... She's in gym. Okay. So, bolus. Here we go. Her blood sugar 70. She tested. By the way, her CGM said 71 for all those people who are like, is yours accurate? Uh, bolus. Uh- okay. Let's think about this for a second. There's cookies and chips. And a sandwich, yogurt, broccoli, graham crackers. What else did I stuff in there? All right. Uh, I'm going to go with nine units. And then I'm going to say this. Now, I can't give her nine units when she's 70, 10 minutes before she's going to eat. So bolus nine units, extend. Then let's do, 
All right, let's go nuts here. Ready? You're watching this? 10% now. And the rest over a half hour. That That's way, awesome. Right? So that way, most of the insulin should start kicking. And then you got to go say, eat right away. No messing around. <laughs> Getting to food. And then I say, okay, with a question mark, which indicates I want an answer. But will she answer me? Probably not. Unlikely. Which is, which is why we have, we, have re we have read receipts on in the text. So I can at least say, oh, she said K. I got the whole, oh, the whole there you go. Okay. Um, watch for dizzy. There we go. She wouldn't feel dizzy till about 58, which there's no way she's going to get to. Okay. So, Audra, sorry yes. about that. But no, you're fine. Now, let me go through this again. Boom, 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 boom. Get to home. You think, oh my God, everybody thinks I have type two, type one. They don't know the difference. They can't help me. I'm completely lost. At what point did you find a doctor who was like, I understand diabetes, or did you just figure it out on your own and say, I really just need you people for the A1C? How did it go? I pretty much just figured it out on my own, at least the first year. And mm -hmm. then. I'd say it was about a year to my diagnosis that I found a really good endo. Okay. Um, and that made such a big difference. Sure. And, but, and so when you get this great endo, did you come in sort of a fully realized person with diabetes or did you come in with a ton of questions for them? Um, I didn't have too many questions. The only questions I really had were about like how insulin impacts weight gain and stuff mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm a half marathon runner. I eat really healthily. I'm super active, but somehow I still like put on weight when I started on insulin and that really bothered me. And so I was like, help me. <laughs> I'm doing everything right. And it's not working. Did that work but out for you? Did you figure that out? For the most part? Yeah. yeah. And um, what was the answer? Pretty much that insulin's like a growth hormone and you know, I lost a lot of weight before I was diagnosed, so of course I'm going to gain some of that back because that was like unhealthy loss. Okay. Um, but that I'm healthy, I'm doing everything right, and that's all that should matter. And so I try not to be preoccupied with that yeah. or like with like a certain number when I know like, okay, okay, I'm active, I eat well, I'm healthy, like that's all that should matter and I shouldn't. Focus so much on that. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, uh, in an episode that might, will probably air before yours, I talked to um, a ballerina, like a like a legit dancer, and uh, and she said she had gotten so, like, super skinny at the lead up to her diagnosis, and all of her friends were just, like, jealous of how thin she was. Mm -hmm. and, you know what I mean? Like, so she saw it as, like, a good thing, you know? Um, yeah. And, and it is, you can really get, like, hung up on, you know, the, a number or the idea that, oh, I look so thin in, in this picture and you know, right. that's what I'm shooting for. But if you really look back, were you too thin? Uh, I don't think too thin, too thin, too thin for my frame probably. For but, your frame. Okay. For, for your frame. Are so you nine crazy feet tall? That year, <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> that year I was doing like wedding dress fittings every couple months and stuff too. So it was like mm -hmm. super stressful every time I'd go because it'd be like, you lost a lot of weight. Now, you, now it's too big. And then once I started on insulin, it's like, okay, you're filling this out more. Should we, what should we do in this situation? Like it was just, I'm like, I swear I'm not like a yo-yo dieter. It's D just a crazy year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a strange year of your life. I mean, that's all, there's a lot going on and you're, you're good with that. Now, can I ask you, 
um, if you're comfortable saying, when, when I'm always interested, and you're younger, so I don't feel as weird asking you for some reason, and you're not the parent <laughs> of a kid, right? So when people are like, everything's going great now, what does everything's going great now mean? Like, do you, how do you measure everything's going great now? Well, I guess for me, when I say that, it's kind of more about knowledge, like in knowing how to be able to troubleshoot when things go awry. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I feel like I know my body now better than I did before, and I know how to be able to fine-tune things. Yeah. So I guess for me, it means, like, having the knowledge to be able to roll, put out fire. How to roll it. <laughs> yeah. And see, because I think that, that some people sort of mistakenly believe that when somebody's like, it's going great, and it really is going great for them, that what they think is their blood sugar must be 98, 24 hours a day. It, oh, gosh, you know, yeah. it doesn't go up, it doesn't <laughs> go down. Like, you know, like they like they figured some magic thing out about diabetes, which I don't really believe exists, you know. And so we can have, you know, I've seen Arden have great days that turn into great weeks. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's a blip here and there. But then, you know, as always, with di- the great thing about the podcast is something always happened yesterday to talk about with diabetes. There's never a lack of something to talk about. And uh, yesterday was one of those days. Like, she had a, a really good day. You know, her blood sugar was about where I wanted it all day long. It was a little high, 140 in the afternoon at school. And I got it to drift down. But when she got home, it was perfect. And she gets home. She starts working on homework. She's got to go to softball practice at 6. So she's home at 3. About 3.30, she says, um, I, she says to me, I'd like to have an unnatural amount of nachos and cheese. And I was like, uh, okay. So <laughs> she, she gets out these nachos and makes this big pile on her plate. And I'm like, I'm not counting those. That looks like eight units. And, you know, and she, she just starts eating them. And she gets all done. She's like, can I have a little more? And I was like, you need more? She goes, I still have cheese left. And I was like, well... That makes sense. And so, you know, so she gets a little more and, and, um, and I give her some more insulin and I, I balled that insulin too. And we go into her softball practice. It's an indoor practice. So it's not a ton of running around. Her blood sugar is like 101. And I'm just like, I'm on top of the world. I'm like, this is going so well. And so then I get sort of um, like crazy. And I text my wife and I said, hey, you know, because my son had baseball practice. She had softball practice and everybody was sort of gone at dinner time. And I said to my wife, I was like, could you have Chinese takeout at the house at 7.15 when, we, when everybody gets home? And she's like, okay, sure. So we get home and, and you know, now uh, you know, Arden's having uh, sweet and sour chicken and white rice and edamame. And I just, I, I throw, I think, 10 units onto her. I doubled her basil for like an hour and a half. I gave her 10 units. I was like, this is going to be great. And it was, Audra, it was. I was winning. If there's winning, I was winning. Because at like 9.30, while she was doing her homework, her blood sugar was just like 85. And just sitting there. And I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest day. And uh, about 15 minutes later, I said, hey, your blood sugar is 73. You're drifting low. Great time for a snack if you want a snack. And she grabs these two cookies. And I, was, I even felt good about it. I was like, look at her. She gets to like wail on a couple of cookies before bed like every other 12 year old kid we're not even gonna it's gonna be a perfect little leveling of her blood sugar and then like 20 minutes later she didn't move and i was like ah that's weird then another 10 minutes it didn't move and then i was like "Uh uh-oh so like i cut her basil off for a half hour because if the two cookies didn't move her i was like that's bad news and then all of a sudden instead of going up she starts going down and now it's 65 and i was like oh okay so you know 
with the cookies in there. I'll just keep the basil cut off for an hour. And this is going to come back. And then sure enough, it didn't. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, here's some juice. Like have like just a third of a juice. Cause now your basil has been off for an hour. This'll do it. She's, you know, six, seven carbs of juice, nothing sat and sat. And I could keep telling you the story in like increments, but instead here's the end of it. <clears throat> 420 in the morning. My face was vibrating. It felt like someone had sandblasted my eyeballs and I wanted to jump off of a cliff. And I had, in the last, in those hours, given Arden two and a half juice boxes, a half a banana. She didn't have insulin for three hours. And I couldn't get her blood sugar to move off of 58. Oh my God. Right? And every time I started thinking like, I've got to get her basil back on because this is going to you know, this is going to turn and go the wrong way on me any second. Anytime I would let the basil even come back on for 10 minutes, she'd drift down and drift down. Around 4.20 in the morning, she was 71 diagonal up. And I was like, okay, this this is going to be it. This, this, I'm going to go sleep now. And um, and I did. And then my wife woke me up at 7.30. And I was like, why Why did you do that? And so I'm still, uh, my face still hurts. Like, I think that's where the blurry face song comes from because – I was vibrating. Do you, do you know what oh I mean? Like it was just, it was insane. Now that won't happen again for months. And you might say, Oh, well there was the Chinese or all the food, but we do that all the time. Like it, you know, yeah. like it was just this one diabetes day that was just started out great and went bonkers. You, you, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I get afraid that when people listen, that they think that stuff like that doesn't happen. But there you go. You, you, you oh, know. it totally does. Right. I had a, a day like that recently where, like, the whole day, everything was great. I was, like, sitting at 100, like, all day long. And then all of a sudden in the afternoon, I dropped way down to, like, the 40s for no reason. And I literally chugged, like, half a gallon of orange juice. And it, like, still wouldn't come up for hours. For that and I was long. like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, Out of nowhere, right? Like, it's so, yes. I'm like, do I need to think about like giving myself glucagon to like. And are you by yourself or is Brian there or were you by yourself at that point? I was by myself. Brian still is, he's been away the past few months in the military okay. and he finally comes home in like <laughs> three weeks from today. Cool. And I'm so ready. So, so tell me but, something, what that, like, explain that feeling a little bit. 40, you've drank enough orange juice to. To you know, to bring nine hundred people's blood sugars up, it doesn't. It doesn't move. What do you want? What are you most worried about in that moment? I think peace of mind is something that many people living with type one diabetes and their loved ones struggle with, and that's why I'm really pleased today to do this ad from Dexcom. Because nothing gives you peace of mind, like being able to see your blood sugar in real time. What direction it's moving in and how fast it's moving in that direction. This information is not just key to taking great care of yourself, but it's key in taking care of your safety too. Actually, you know, Audra's going to tell a story later in this episode about emergency medical services. And anyway, You'll think back on this ad when you hear Audra's story. When you hear the words Tuscaloosa later, think back on this ad. All right, now let's talk about Dexcom. Here's what you're going to get with the Dexcom G5, continuous glucose monitor. This CGM is going to give you real-time rise and fall alerts. It's going to alarm if your blood sugar goes above or below anywhere you set. You say, hey, I want to know when I'm above 120. 
Tell me. I want to know when I'm below 80. Tell me, and it will. If your blood sugar begins to rise quickly or fall quickly, it can tell you that too. There's a receiver that comes with it, but you can just use it with your phone. It's compatible with Android and Apple. I, I can see Arden's blood sugar on my iPhone right this second. I've pushed one button and Arden's blood sugar is 121. She's at school, it's about 2.30 in the afternoon. Imagine that, imagine being able to see your blood sugar or a loved one's from anywhere in the world. I pre-bolus Arden's meals. So at lunch today, we were doing a pre-bolus 20 minutes before she was gonna eat food, but her blood sugar was at 80. So I had to give her an extended bolus and stretch it out. I didn't get to give her as much upfront insulin as I wanted to. And it worked for a while. For about the first hour, I was really happy with her blood sugar. But then I thought, oh, look, it's going up. So we were able to bolus more because, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, the FDA has approved Dexcom for what they call non-adjunctive right, use. You don't need to test to treat. So Arden's in a class. I gave her a text. I said, hey, your blood sugar's going up. Here's how much more insulin you want. She gave herself the insulin, and now she's coming down. I don't want her to come down too quickly because she's about to get on the bus. So I see her, she was 121 a couple minutes ago. Her blood sugar's drifting lower, just as I hoped. I looked over now at it again, it's 117. She's gonna get on the bus in a couple of minutes, be home in about 10 minutes. Her blood sugar's probably gonna be 90 when she gets here. Imagine how great that is. Now, listen, your results may differ, uh, you know, but this is how I use the Dexcom to make great health outcomes for Arden all the time. You could too. The safety aspect of it cannot be denied. Uh, the alarms telling you when you're leaving different blood sugar levels. It's amazing. But you can also use those alarms to make good decisions, to keep spikes away, to keep falls from being too drastic. It's amazing. I really hope you look into it. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box with a link in your show notes. At that point, I was just kind of thinking, like, okay, what's my next step? Like, do I need to, do I need emergency care at this point? Like, because right. I felt okay. I mean, I certainly felt low, but I didn't feel that low. Right. And I was. I kept uh, testing on my meter as well just to make sure that I was calibrated right, yeah. and I was. Um, so at that point, I was just kind of like, you know, what's my next step? Because if this isn't coming up, like, I can't just let it do this all day. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, but, I did the same thing last night. I, got, I, I tested Arden more last night between 11 and 4 in the morning than I did for the week before that, I felt like. And yeah. every, every time I thought, like, you know what, she's uh, – every time I did it, I was like, oh, her blood sugar's higher and the Dexcom just didn't catch up. It was always within a point. I was like, you've got to be yeah. kidding me. At one point, she was 48. 63, 55, then back to, you know, back to 58. Then I was like, Ooh, 63, it's coming. Nope. Back to 55. And I was like, oh, please stop. And, uh, and, and it's I just, so kept, exhausting. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Like when, when I woke up this morning, my wife's like, what are you doing today? And I was like, I am recording a podcast and taking a shower. Like, yeah. That is, I think those are my two <laughs> things. I'm, I'm, I might go to the grocery store if, if you're all really lucky. So, um, it, it just, it just really, it kicked my butt. Like it, it really did. So, okay. So you weren't scared. Like, 
oh my God, I'm going to die alone here. You just kind of kept working the problem. You're like, what do I do next? What, what, what's next? Yeah. Cause I didn't really feel bad. If I had felt worse, then I'd probably be like, um, <laughs> you might've panicked you a little Maybe more. I should, yeah. Is there anybody um, watching your, your, um, Dexcom remotely with the share feature? Yes, I have um, two of my friends in town on it so that they can show up at my door if need be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have my mom and Brian's on it and my neighbor. Okay. Where is Brian right now, though? He's actually in my state. He's just at the very bottom of it. So we're about four hours apart. Okay. So his military service has him in the country right now. Yeah. Okay. He's doing um, some job training right now. So, okay. yeah. Um, he's. Uh- not deployed. Have you ever had somebody like one of your friends come like be like, Hey, what the heck? Or did they text you? And are you okay? Or how does that work when they, I get phone calls through the night, like all the time, (laughs) (laughs) like I'll wake up, um, to, I usually don't wake up to the Dexcom alert sound because I can sleep through really anything. Yeah, me too. Um, but they, they will like just call me over and over until they get me on the line pretty much to make sure that I'm awake and like, treating yeah and that feels like it sounds great to me but is that do you ever are you ever irritated by it or do you do you like it um sometimes i'm irritated if they're like already texting me and it's the first alert that's gone off just because i'm like okay i need to focus on treating first and then i'll text you and then they keep texting yeah and i'm like guys if i like if it goes off one time just know i'm on it (laughs) So, so <laughs> if you if you don't see arrows starting to move upwards, then maybe start reaching out. But you know, so you bring something up that I think is is a major piece of how I learned to help Arden remotely with her blood sugar, right? Which is the concept of not flipping out. Like you have to be able to parse the time in your head correctly. Like I texted her and I said, "Hey, your blood sugar is low," right? Now she's like, okay, and she's doing something about it. Now, three minutes later, her blood sugar is not going to be any higher or any lower, probably. And mm-hmm. but I'm sitting there, you're in this vacuum at that point. Like you're looking at the number, you're in this vacuum, you have this helpless feeling because you can't be with them in case something gets sideways. And it just it speeds up your timeline on your side, not on their side. And you have to be able to, like I think a big leap I made was to be able to slow down. And just keep kind of imagining what she's doing in that moment, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and trusting it a little bit based on tons of historical data between our, our interactions, you know, but still like go, okay, here's what's happening around. She's going through her bag. She's got her juice. She's starting to drink it. Some girl's talking to her. She stops it halfway through. Now she's drinking the rest. It's still going to take two revolutions of the, of the CGM before I can even tell what's going on really. Right, because it takes like 15 minutes for your blood sugar to really respond to the carbs. It very well could. That commonly reads every like five minutes. Right, right. And and so there's that gap in there where you just have to sort of, now don't get me wrong, if she was 40 and she was two arrows down, I wouldn't be like, let me just wait and see how this goes. Right. You know, like like drive across town like a lunatic or something like that to the school. But but if you kind of stay ahead of it enough that you, you don't get to those points very often, you, you know, so, yeah. um, like, like now such a great example. So her blood sugar leveled out at 70, which is fantastic. Um, and she's, I know I can trust the timing that she's in the cafeteria and eating now, but in the course of walking through the building, she hit a bad spot for the Wi-Fi. 
Oh god. So I lost her I lost her blood sugar right now. She she was 70 and I can't see it anymore. Now I think most people might be like, well, he just gave her a bunch of insulin. Her blood sugar is 70. He doesn't really know if she's a, you know what? I got to assume that everything's going the way I, I think it's going to go. If, you know, if there was a fire and she got drug out on the, on the, you know, the parking lot right now and she's standing out in the freezing cold and not eating, that would be pretty out of character for how things normally go. And would she be in trouble? Probably. You know, but I have to assume she'd be smart enough to drink a juice, go find somebody and say, hey, look, I just took a bunch of insulin for food. I'm not eating, you, you, you know, right. you kind of have to trust it a little bit. And but it, anyway, that's a really long way of saying that, that, you know, when people are like, how do you get your A1C like that? And, you know, for Arden and I don't know if you know, but Arden's been between five, seven and six, two for like three and a half years. That's so awesome. Right. But, but thank you. But the, the way you do that is by, I break the day up into quadrants. Like there's overnight, there's at school and there's at home. And if you, you can't just give away one of those eight hour periods to, oh, well, she's at school. There's nothing we can do about it. Or she's sleeping and I want to keep her blood sugar high because I'm scared. You, if you do that, that you're never going to get down to that number. Right. So Right. You know, so being able to manage back and forth through text messages while she's at school is such a huge part of it. And I, I'm realizing now as I'm talking, a big part of that is trusting that what you know is going to happen is going to happen, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. is a leap to make. And her blood sugar is Interesting bad, her that she knows what to do and that you've, you know. Yeah, right. Gone through this with her before so she knows, like, based off of what has happened in the past or just knowledge that you've given her like okay yep. if there is a fire drill i know that i need to grab a juice and this banana and whatever whatever's gonna and, be yeah and her blood sugar's back now it is 73 so oh, awesome. l- look where we're at right now she's 10 20 minutes into that bolus which means that most of those nine units are into her but only some of them are active and now she's starting to eat at a blood sugar 73 with insulin that's starting to become active it's such a perfect like that's the timing you know, like, I, I don't know, right. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how you feel, but I, I repeat myself a lot, but it's necessary. I think that if your blood sugar is high, you probably have not enough insulin or you've mistimed the insulin or a combination mm-hmm. of, or a combination of those two things. And the same if it's low, if your blood sugar is low, you've likely used too much insulin, mistimed the insulin or a combination of those two things. So that what, what, you know, in the course of our conversation today, people got to hear how I bolused even with a lower blood sugar and we're keeping it from spiking. So I know you're so brave. I wish I could say I do it like that every time. (laughs) (laughs) So what stops you when you don't? Uh, I think right now it's mainly just like with me living alone for the first time ever really in adjusting to this. It's like, I'm always afraid about, I don't know. I always fear the worst. And so I'm like, trying to avoid that. So is something happened that put that fear into you or is it just living the last four years with diabetes that gave you the fear? Uh, I've just been having a lot of weird lows lately that seem kind of unexplained. Mm -hmm. Um, and let's see, maybe it was two months ago now. Time is going by way faster than I thought. (laughs) Yeah. That happens Um, as you get older. Oh gosh. But I was sleeping, and all of a sudden I hear this loud banging on my door and yelling, and I'm like, oh, great, I'm going to die. 
And then I like focus a little bit more in home here. Inv- than... Home invasion is the first thing you thought, Audra? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm prepared. Um, but I hear what they're saying and they're saying, Tuscaloosa EMS. And I'm like, oh, I must be low. Okay. And I sit up to like get out of bed and go open the door. And as soon as I like sit up, I'm so spinny headed. I'm like, mm, okay, that's why they're here. Yeah. <laughs> and I look at my Dexcom and I was like, and I'd been in like the 30s and 40s for like an hour in my sleep, totally not waking up to any alerts or phone calls from anybody. And so anyways, I opened the door and they're like, hi, your mom called us. <laughs> we hear that you may need some help. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. Maybe I do. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. We're glad that we're here. And I'm like, I'll be fine after I have this juice and whatever. And they're like, okay, but we're going to stay for a few minutes at yeah. least and make sure that that's true. We're here okay. already. So And so this has been happening. Right. This has been happening more frequently recently. Yeah. I'm not really sure why I've been having so many lows. My endo and I've been working and working things out and trying to stabilize and it's been getting better but you caught me on a bad day today i was up like almost all night with lows last night so well, I'm like, you and i are in the same boat so exactly yeah we are captains of the struggle bus today <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> maybe the episode is going to be called low 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 your boat it, it's possible. yeah i don't know much. where i'm going with any of this Audra. so okay you're wow. so creative no i'm not i'm listening to what you say and then i'm just highlighting it i'm doing nothing <laughs> The secret is I'm doing nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So you just, so you said you just got a Dexcom recently. Has that part of how you're figuring out about the lows? Like, do you think you were having lows before that you weren't aware of? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm sure of it. And so the, um, the data yeah, coming back and you're trying to make sense of the data at this point. Yeah, pretty much. What do you, what are you saying? Um, I'm noticing lots of, Overnight lows. Mm-hmm. That's mainly the concern now. Overnight and then like mid-afternoon lows. Um, and so now that I'm like seeing that pattern, I know what kind of what to expect throughout the day and the night. So I know, okay, even if I'm going to bed and my blood sugar stable, like it wouldn't hurt me to have a snack before I go to sleep since I know that I'm like prone to that. So without my Dexcom, like I wouldn't have any of that knowledge of my patterns to be able to tweak things and well are you are prevent. you are you tweaking basal rates and things like that yeah now mm-hmm. do you do that on your own or do you wait for the endo um i try to wait for the endo <laughs> but if i notice something that's happening on a consistent basis that i'm like okay all i really need to do is adjust this and i'm sure i'll see some positive change mm-hmm. then i'll do it myself yeah. but I in th- my endo usually like will trust me, you know, on that kind of thing. But I have a patient portal that I can communicate with her via, like, message really Mm -hmm. easily. Kind of, like, just email her and be like, what do you think of this? And she'll respond and be like, that's a great idea. Let's try that and keep me posted. So it's super easy to be able to, like, communicate with her, like, on a... Do you feel like Regular you need basis. to? Do you feel like you need to talk it over with her before you do it, or like because I mean, you're telling me that you're consistently low overnight. I what I think is you should try, you know, just even a temp basal decrease for one night to see how that works for you. You, you know, you know what I mean. Especially, or especially the afternoon lows because you can kind of you're awake for that even. You, you know what I mean. Right. Like, and so yeah. And then if that works, then 
Yay. You, you know, like I think basal mm-hmm. rates, I think basal rates are much more powerful than people give them credit for. You, you, you oh, know. Yeah. And so it, we always think about, I think our minds jump to, well, did I bolus too much? Or was this food not, you know, did I not count the carbs the way I should have? But I think when you can recognize that, that your basils can, can push you around too, even in moments when you think I, they're so stable though, from, you know, my blood sugar sits nice and stably. My basal rates must be fine. But, you know, I mean, consistently at a, at a certain time of day, something happening to me sounds like change your basal rate a little bit, you know, yeah. for at least the hour or maybe longer as the lead up to when it starts to get low. But that's the great thing about the CGM is that you'll see, you can see that now and it starts Those making patterns, more sense yeah. yeah. It's so funny you're talking about the basal rate and I like am sitting here realizing that I just forget about it a lot of the time. <laughs> Such a, it, well, it, it's not just a big part in that in this regard, but for food too. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I wonder how much people think about the idea that, you know, I'm sitting right here now with, I don't have type 1 diabetes. I haven't really, I had a piece of toast like two hours ago. Um, you know, there's pretty much no food in my system and my, my body is regulating my blood sugar with a basal insulin of its own. But if I were to go have, I don't know, something light to eat after you and I get done speaking, my basal rate might not change. But if I got nuts and ate three slices of pizza after we, you and I start eating, my body's going to just be like, whoa, more insulin, right? Like we need more insulin. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to think about because in a, with a healthy pancreas, it happens so instantaneously because, you know, we make way better insulin than, than pharma companies make, uh, you, you know, but uh, I mean, we, as people with pancreases make way better insulin than pharma. <laughs> it's more reactive and it works quicker and et cetera. And so, you know, but still my body is giving me more insulin, you know, and if I were to, you know, if I were to suck on a piece of like candy with sugar in it for 10 hours straight, then I'd, my body would titrate towards that. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. we have to think that way with our pumps too. Right. You, you know, That's and you, you can't always be making these like go into my settings, firm adjustments. You know, at one o'clock, I want it to be 0.5, but now it's, I'm going to make it 0.9 or, you know, it's going to be three units instead of one unit or whatever your basil is. I think you have to be able to say to yourself, you know, I'm having Chinese food. That's probably going to need more insulin. And, and you know what I mean? And just give more. And that's how mm-hmm. I, I handle pizza and pancakes and all that kind of stuff like that. We, I see a meal like that coming. I sometimes double Arden's basal rate blindly for an hour and a half for a meal like that. And yeah. with no real, like, I'm not sitting around with the math going now. Let me think if I'm just like, hey, more insulin. And, you know, because yeah. you, you're about to go, hey, more food. So why not? Right? You know, like, right. You get into a fair fight at least. <laughs> give yourself a chance, you know, right? So, right. yeah, you definitely, I mean, like, especially, you know, a great place to practice with that idea is if you, if you hit a, a stubborn high blood sugar and you, you know, say your blood sugar goes to 300 and you think this is going to take five units to get me back. Like I would, I would take like a unit of that, two units of that and double my basal and then give myself a bolus. I would combine an, an, temp, an increased temp basal with a bolus to try to do that because it actually ends up being more effective than just a bolus a lot of times for reasons that I don't completely understand. And Audrey, let's just do something right here. <clears throat> Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. <laughs> Always consult a physician. This is just a podcast. I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. You should never listen to me. And uh, these are just my experiences. So, um, four years, huh? Does it feel like a long time? 
some ways it feels like forever and in other ways I'm like I still feel like there's so much to learn. <laughs> well, yeah, I think there definitely is. I mean, I'm glad that I spent my childhood like carefree and not having to deal with all this. Um, but you know, like my cousin was diagnosed when she was, I think six. So she knows no other way. And I'm like, uh, that, that must be nice. You know, Isn't like, that funny? cause I do know another way. I'm like, uh, I wish I could just go back to that way some days, but, um, I don't know. There's positives and negatives to both. I yep. think. Yeah. Because you have something I am glad to miss. that I got to be care, carefree as a kid. Sure. Absolutely. But, but you have something to miss. You re- you recollect what it means not to have diabetes. Yeah, yeah. Like I know what it's like to be able to just go out and go for a run whenever I want and not have to carb up, but not too much. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, negotiate all that stuff. Yeah. And it's I'm a- an adventurer. I love to always be like out doing things and adjusting now to having to carry a bunch of stuff with me all the time is annoying <laughs> no no I, listen i but necessary yeah i recognize that like even this morning i i realized last night i used the first time i gave arden juice i took it out of her purse basically she carries like a bag mm-hmm. with her and so this morning i said hey you know do you have um you, you know she came downstairs and i was like okay. you have a did you, you you have to make sure to put a juice box back in your bag and she goes yeah i did oh no she goes i have one so she didn't say i did she said i have one and mm-hmm. so I thought, well, no, maybe she just remembers that there was one there when she went to bed last night, right? So I'm like, no, 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 I used that one. And she looked at me like, she turned and she didn't really say anything, but the look on her face was, listen to me, you idiot. Like, <laughs> put a juice box in this damn bag, and if you ask me about it again, I'm going to come over there and <laughs> shove my lance in your... You know, like, like, she really looked at me like, please don't bother me about this damn thing. And, oh and, I, and so I was just like, hey, like, I was just double checking because... I used it and I wanted to make sure you weren't thinking of a time before I took it out. And then she kind of like looked at me like, all right, that's an acceptable reason why you're bothering me. <laughs> I and, guess I'll let it. Yeah. Go. Right. Right. And then we, <laughs> then we went out to the car and, and I took her to school, but, but you know, I do watch her friends, you know, they don't think about anything. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they yeah. just, they roll this way and they roll that way and they just, they don't, they don't know what's going on. They're not paying attention to anything. You know, you could take one of them and lock them in a box for two days and still be alive if you came back later. You know, yeah. I don't mean to, you know, talk about children like there's something you can lock in a box, but you get my point. You know, like, <laughs> like you could like you could stick that kid in the closet, forget about her, and come back in like three days, and she'd be like, "Why did you lock me in the closet?" But she'd still be alive. Still be and, alive. Yeah, right? yeah. You lock my kid in the closet for three days, dead. And so, like, yeah. there is something to be considered there. Like you say, you're an adventurer. Like, what if I go out and I get lost? What if I go out and I get stuck? What if I 128 hours my arm? You, you know, like, mm-hmm. is that a reference? Did you see that movie? James uh, Franco gets his arm caught in a boulder, has to cut it off with a pen knife. Oh, I heard about it. I didn't see it, it but wasn't I heard that about good, it. But I just threw in 128 hours like it was just, like, something common. Like I was saying Forrest Gump. Like, everybody's like, oh, I've seen that movie, but it doesn't <laughs> like that. So tell me something. You're... um. Your, like, dialect, is it Ohio, Alabama? Is that, like, what I'm getting? Because I hear a little bit of both sometimes. I guess so. I don't know. My whole family, like, we all have southern roots. So Mm -hmm. I've always kind of had, like, a little bit of a twang. But I definitely 
see how living down here has brought that out it's in been me a lot more. Has it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'll talk to my Ohio friends and they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, you have such an accent." <laughs> and really, because everyone down here says I sound like a Yankee. So yeah, it's <laughs> my brother lives in Wisconsin after living in Philadelphia for most of his life, and we'll talk on the phone, and I'm like, "What are you like? Are you in Canada right now? Like, like, what are you, he's like, he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you're just like stretching words out all over the place. And he's like, no, I'm not. And then I, of course, don't hear it in me. And I get notes all the time. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people out West, like, yo, what's up? Like so many people listening in California. How are you guys? Thank you for listening. But a lot of them that are from the East coast originally say things like, oh, the podcast is great because you sound like the people I grew up around. And then I'm like, no, I don't sound like anything. And they're like, no, no, you do. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I know it's I so funny how we kind of like don't hear adapt it. what we are around. Like mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. It's funny, no, but yeah, sure. I definitely don't hear it on myself. <laughs> so, so listen, let's ask this. You're 24. <clears throat> I'm not your dad, but you're too young to have a baby. But let's say this is Brian going to come home. And are you guys thinking about kids? We are. We've actually been trying for a little while, mm-hmm. and it's a little more difficult for us than it would be for someone without T1 is basically the impression I'm getting from my medical team, but um, it shouldn't be too long mm-hmm. until that happens for at us. First, like At first, you were like, it's a little more difficult for us. I'm like, I wonder if she doesn't know how to do it, maybe. But you meant, you, you meant the diabetes. It's so difficult for us. He goes in the living room, and I, just like my mom told me, I go upstairs, and then we text right. each other and tell each other we love each other, and I'm not pregnant for some reason. And so, <laughs> so, but, but, but no, so, so are you having trouble keeping your A1C? Like, this is the part I never really got to. Like, is your A1C where you want it to be, or is, are you? Pretty much. It's at um, 6.4, and it's been there the last few times. I've gone through or I've like, kind of oscillated between like 6.4 and 6.6 consistently for mm-hmm. the past uh, like 18 months, which I would love to see it in the fives. That's my goal someday is like seeing like a 5.8 would be awesome. Well, that's what they're looking for for a pregnancy, right? Like, like lower, mm-hmm. lower like that. In the fives, yeah. yeah. Which my endo says if I got pregnant now, it'd be fine. But she's like, let's just see if we can get down to like 5.5. I'm like, all right. Okay. Yeah, you're like, uh, <laughs> At the rate, with all these lows I've been happy, that's that rate. So are you getting, are you getting that number like with too many, like, because you, I mean, we never talk about this. Now I have to do like a whole like miniature like show about this, like to make sure people understand completely. You can't run around with your blood sugar 50 for six hours a day and then oh, have no. it be 250 for six hours a day and go, Hey, my A1C seven, I'm doing great. Cause you're not doing great. And, and you right. know, you can't have that kind of variability. You can't achieve uh, a good average by having these crazy lows that is not healthy for you. And so, right. um, and, and, but, and again, not to say that people don't get low. Arden obviously was low last night for three or four hours. It's not her norm. And, but where Arden picks up, um, you know, I think A1C bonus points, if, if I, if I could put it somewhere uh, that way is like, you know, right now, like she's eating and her blood sugars, it's lower, you know, it's 65 and it's gonna, it's gonna come back up probably in the next couple of minutes, but she lived for the last half hour around 65 or 70. So, you know, later if her blood sugar does go to 140 for some reason, her average still ends up being around, you know, a hundred for that time frame, and you know, blah blah blah, and and that's that's where 
I, I gotta get like an actual like medical person on to talk about it so that they <laughs> they can say things that aren't ridiculous. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like I do. Um, you know, say things that that aren't exactly fully fleshed out thoughts, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's a tough it's a tough spot. Like I'm gonna you want to have a baby, you have to get they the doctors are going to, pre- you know, you're gonna need to get your A1C down for that, and at the same time. You know, that's sort of not how baby making works exactly, right? Like you could have a baby mm-hmm. by mistake at any one say. So uh right. and not and that not be what you're so okay, so you're looking for a kid. Do we hope it's a boy or a girl? Go ahead and tell me now. Oh gosh, I do not want any girls. Oh. I can't have I can't have a little version of myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're coming up on an hour. But why do we not want a little version of Audrey in the house? I mean it would be fine. No, but... no, no, no. What, what is it about <laughs> yourself you you wouldn't want to see mimic back at you? Oh, the don't... sass. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I don't think I could handle the sass. Do you think you'd get into some sort of like also, a... girls are expensive. Like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Especially down here, like, there's all these dresses you have to get for all these events and stuff. I just... Yeah. Well, listen, one or two baseball bats and you'll be equal. So, gosh, what if you get a girl who plays baseball? And then. Brian's like, you know that you say that and we're going to have only girls because you said that, right? (laughs) I'm like, oh, gosh. (laughs) So, so you get these, like, so there's, like, I don't know, like, I'm going to say something silly, like, like, cotillions or things like that. Like, did I use a correct word or no? Um, yeah. Yeah. I get what you mean. You're being polite. Um, well, there's lots of like pageants down here okay. and just like more like socials and like dances and like mm. that kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, okay. That makes sense. I, uh, what, because what I was going to say is that Arden plays sports and is girly. So I get hit on both. Oh, really? I get hit on both sides. You know, there's oh, like, I need a baseball glove. And I need leggings, and I need this, and I need, I'm like, oh, jeez, and I'm gonna get my nails done with mom, and I'm like, you're both going, you know, like, like, <laughs> why do you both need to go? You can't, can't one of you paint the other one's nails? I don't understand exactly why are we paying for this? You know, and my son's like, I need a glove, I need this, I need that. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, kids are really so expensive. Much stuff. It's they're very, very, very expensive, and my son's looking at colleges right now. And oh, every one that he talks about, I was like, oh, oh, how much is it exactly? You know, it's like you only see dollar signs when you start talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. And trust me, it's, it's, all right, I think we figured it out. You guys should get like a, like a dog maybe instead. Oh yeah, we have a dog. Oh my God. He's eight months old and crazy, <laughs> but I love him so much. He's eight months old. <laughs> He's actually, I'm self-training him to be um, a diabetic alert dog. And so right now we're in the very beginning stages of that, just kind of like making sure that his obedience training is Where you need solidified to before yeah. we move on to the other stuff. But yeah, he's my companion when yeah. Brian's gone. That's cool. Well, you should at least teach him how to bring you like juice. That, that would, exactly. be, would be a good first. He step. does when he sleeps in the bed with me and I have loath, he does do pretty good about waking me up no kidding. if I'm not waking up. So that's really cool to see. That's excellent. Really, but I, would, I actually started my own podcast. Like I'm on episode two, came what, out yesterday. What made you do that? But I'm going to talk about him on there. Um, I don't know. I've always wanted to do one, and I feel like I have a lot to say, but no like space to say it really. And so I tried like vlogging in the past on YouTube, and that was not my thing because I just didn't like having to like 
I don't know, make myself look presentable and then get on. I don't know. I you should see it. me right now. I have been wearing this <laughs> know, sweatshirt for three man. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My hair <laughs> is going in 16 different directions. So, uh, Love well, it. that's cool. Well, good luck with that. That's that's amazing. I'll throw a link in for, for everybody and so they can check it out. And, oh, and so you're right at the very beginning? I am. Mm. I have lots to learn, but so far it's been fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And so did you have a blog before? I did. Do you, um, do you do that still? I do. I I don't do it regularly. I just kind of do it like when I'm thinking about something I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to get on a schedule where I was like, you know, every other week I'll post something and that just doesn't work when <laughs> I'm working full time. <laughs> like, I have mm. this thing called my job and uh, right. takes up a lot of my time. <laughs> and that doesn't, I, yeah, always, I always say that if you like my blog or this podcast or anything like that, the real person you want to thank is my wife because I'm a stay-at-home parent. So there's time I can find in the days to do stuff like this where – you know, if I was working full time, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that. You know, she's the real, yeah. she's the founder of the feast. Uh, uh, if tr- tr- truth be told, she, she's the one bringing you the big goose at the end of the, uh, at the end of the, uh, the book. So, um, yeah, there you go. All right. Well, listen, when we're done talking here, I'll, I'll, I'll get off and we'll talk a little bit about that. And, uh, if you have a couple minutes, I'll see if I can say anything valuable for you, but probably I don't really know what the hell I'm doing. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know how well it's going to go. Or you be, I'll start talking. You'll be like, this guy knows nothing about this. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Well, I know the very bare minimum. So Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck. I hope it takes off and that you know you find an audience and it, it helps a bunch of people. And let me just say this, people. You should go check out Audra's uh, podcast. But please, for the love of God, don't stop listening to mine. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and yes. if you have to choose between one of them, choose mine, even if hers yeah. is better. I want mine chosen. I just want to be, <laughs> I just want to be very clear about that right now. Hopefully they can listen to them in tandem. Mine's called um, the Type 1 Diva Bedic Podcast. Okay. And All so right. well, you're hopefully very, they'll complement each other. You're thoughtful. <laughs> you're thoughtful when you say in tandem. I have more of a um, uh, an aggressive sort of um, uh, I want to win, I guess is what I'm saying. So like, I want people to be helped. So this is my – here's the here's – the, the, the the confusion for me, I just want people to live better with diabetes, but I also am very competitive. And so <laughs> I, I want you to fail miserably, Audra. And at the same time, I don't want you to fail. I want you to have great success that, um, that helps a bunch of people, but couldn't they just be helped by me? I mean, that's really what we're saying here is I'm probably need a psychiatrist. I think is what we're getting at. No. Uh, you don't think so? You don't no. have, do you not have that feeling like don't do you like to win when you're doing things like taking the diabetes out of it for a second? I do. Yeah. I do like to win. Well then I'm cutting <laughs> out the part about your podcast. You're going to try to kick my butt. I see what's going on here. All right. Yeah, you better watch out, Scott. I am worried honestly now because you've got this sort of like <laughs> Ohio I'm sure I only have like two listeners. So. <laughs> I have two listeners. I and probably don't even have any subscribers. Are you so. listening? Um no. Okay, well then there you go. Not not after I post it. <laughs> Good for I'm you. I'm like, oh, I'm so done listening to this clip over and over and over. One time I listened back it. to make sure something sounded okay through a certain kind of headphones, and my son goes, are you listening to your own podcast? And I went, <laughs> no, not for that reason. He goes, oh, man, that's bad. And I was like, no, not like that. And he walked away from me. I never got to explain myself. It's very embarrassing. Um, oh, my gosh. Well, listen, I think... This was very conversational. I enjoyed this a lot. But I think what we learned, uh, people from the North learned and out West learned today more than anything else, 
uh, that Tuscaloosa is actually a place and it's not just something we hear on television shows to sound funny. So, yeah, uh, because you said the EMS place. was from there. And say the name of the town one more time. Tuscaloosa. Look at you. I couldn't even do that. See, yeah. I for certain just thought that was something that television writers made up so that I would be like, oh, the oh, South. Oh, no, it's legit. I'm just kidding. Home of the Crimson Tide. I know. Tide. Oh, oh, my God, you guys are overwhelmed with the football down there, right? Oh, gosh, yes. And I work for the university, so it's it, madness. It, it happens on, but on all sides. I love it. What do you do there? Um, I work in the College of Human Environmental Sciences for like the preschool program on campus. Oh, very nice. And so I'm the intern coordinator for the program, and I just kind of do whatever needs to be done. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> I wear like, many hats. Yeah, that's. But that's I'm never bored, so. Excellent. All right, listen, we're way over time. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really do appreciate it, and I appreciate My you sharing Thanks your story. for having me. Absolutely. Huge thank you to Audrey for coming on the show, for sharing her story. That was pretty great. Uh, thank you, Dexcom and Omnipod, for sponsoring. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Don't forget about the welcome program for Animus users. There are links in your show notes about that. What else should we be talking about? Oh, I had promised that this was going to be an episode with a different person, but I had audio problems with that file, so it's going to take me a little time to fix it. That was from like two weeks ago, if you actually remember that. You guys have been leaving a lot of great ratings and reviews on iTunes for the podcast lately. Thank you very, very much. Um, T-shirts are being delivered today to the house. Bold with Insulin shirts will be available very soon online. I'll have details for that for you really soon. That's it, I guess. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. That is the most important thing you can do. If you love the Juice Box podcast, of course leave a rating and a review at iTunes. We love that. But tell a friend. Share the podcast with somebody else. That I really appreciate. One last thing. I looked around to try to give you a link to Audra's podcast, but I don't know that she ever got it off the ground. If she did, I'll check back in future episodes and let you know. But for now, I don't have a link to anything. I'm sorry. All right. This has been a really long episode. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.